Democratic base is very dialed into abortion rights as an issue more broadly. Uh, same-sex marriage rights. Closed the state's last abortion Pat provider. Has now apologized to his congregation. They believe the Bible has application for every part of our life. violate her views as a Southern Baptist. He's on camera saying that Bill Barr was a great attorney general In the midst of all of today's noise and confusion, we need a voice that cuts through the chaos to bring wisdom and clarity. Welcome to The Roy's Report with Julie Roy's, an hour-long show exploring critical issues related to faith and culture from a uniquely Christian perspective. Now, here's your host, Julie Roy's. What should Christians think of marijuana? Welcome to The Roy's Report, brought to you in part by Judson University. I am Julie Roy's. And today we're going to be debating a hot topic in both the culture and the church. Some people say marijuana is a miracle drug that can bring relief for chronic pain and ease depression. Yet others say it's a dangerous drug, especially for young, developing minds. Plus, marijuana can be a gateway to harder drugs and legalization can lead to the proliferation of social problems. In Illinois, where this show originates, we just legalized marijuana, but the law hasn't gone into effect yet. That happens in January. But marijuana, both recreational and medical, is legal now in 10 states and the District of Columbia, and support for it is growing. In 1988, only 24% of Americans supported legalization, but in 2018, 66% of Americans supported it. And Christians who once vehemently opposed the drug seem to be softening. In fact, there's a prominent Christian leader who now openly admits he uses weed three to four times a week and he claims it enhances his worship experience. So how do you think Christians should think about this issue? And should they support legalization? This week, Judson University student Krista Ritchie asked people that exact question. And here's what they said. I don't, okay, I don't know much about it, but I am, I know that it helps people with some medical conditions. So I think that it should be legal in that way for that, but otherwise, no. I think that as Christians, we ourselves should not smoke marijuana, but I think that the decriminalizing marijuana um, makes the justice system more equal and more fair for people of color, and therefore we should support it. In order to worship God and have God be the number one priority and thought on your mind, you need to be in the right state of mind, uh, and you aren't able to control that state of mind whenever you are under the influence of a drug that is going to make you think, um, uh, or hallucinate, or whatever that may be. Um, you are not going to be in the right state of mind to focus on God 100%. I think the Bible is very clear about not taking or using anything that is going to kind of change your state of mind, but I do think that laws need to be set in place to kind of differentiate between what recreational use and what medical use is, because I think that there's a lot of benefit um, from using marijuana medically. So yeah, that's my answer. No. Okay, how come? Because it distorts your perspective of reality and you shouldn't run away from the reality God gave you. I don't think they should support it. Um, I think it's a great issue in Christianity. I don't think it's a wrong, a, like a right or a wrong, but I don't think they should support it. But if they do, I think it's okay. Well, what do you think? The number to call is 312-660-2594. Again, that's 312 312- 660-2594, and I know there's a wide variety of opinions on this issue, even in the faith community, so I encourage you 
uh, to call in. But joining me today, I have guests on both sides of this issue, supporting legalization, is Jonathan Merritt, an award-winning author on religion, culture, and politics, and someone who grew up as the son of a prominent Southern Baptist preacher. But Jonathan, uh, I'm going to guess you're no longer a Southern Baptist. Am I right on that? Well, I, in order to be a Southern Baptist, you have to attend a Southern Baptist church, and since moving to New York City, I'm at a non-denominational church, so, so the answer is no, but no ill feelings toward the uh, tradition of my heritage. Sure, but uh, would you say you've moved, like if there were a Southern Baptist church, do you think you'd attend that, or do you feel like you've moved a bit from sort of that conservative foundation? I moved. I moved somewhat, but the real reason I think for my shift is I, I love kind of a quasi Anglican or more liturgical expression of worship, and so that's one of the main reasons why I attend the church I do today. Yeah, and I know that this issue of marijuana is something that uh, has shifted as you've grown, and and I'm going to get into that in a second. But I want to introduce my second guest, which is Dr. Richard Poupard, a board certified oral surgeon and member of the surgical staff at Mid-Michigan Regional Medical Center, and Dr. Perpard is a critic of legalization. So, Dr. Perpard, welcome. Great to have you. Oh, thanks so much, Julie. It's great to be here. And hi, Jonathan. Hi, hello. <laughs> so, Jonathan, let's just start with you, because you have an interesting journey on this issue. Again, brought up Southern Baptist and brought up um, basically thinking marijuana is something that you shouldn't ever consider or touch. Uh, but that's changed over the years. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, it is. It's a. It was a view that I held growing up that it was just sort of a an unmitigated moral wrong, and I had no reason really to challenge that view. So I held that view for for decades. And in 2015, I developed uh, a chronic pain disorder that uh, doctors have classified in different ways. Some have called it fibromyalgia, but regardless, a kind of a, uh, a nagging pain condition that it prohibited me from working uh, full hours of the day, uh, really, I think, was one of the impetuses for, for uh, creating a lot of anxiety and depression, and even at the end, a little bit of, of almost suicidal thoughts. Mm. And so a couple of years ago, I was in California, and a friend of mine Uh, had urged me to go and see a physician there. And I did and was prescribed medical marijuana. And even though I was very afraid to to try it, uh, I was sort of at the end of my rope. I had tried every kind of medication known to man, painkillers, nerve pills, uh, you know, um, anti-seizure medications, and nothing had even come close to working. And so I tried it and found that because of medical advances, I was able without really having a, the experience of a high, you know, people talk about, you know, tripping over, like almost like you would be drunk. I didn't really have that, but I had a massive pain reduction and, uh, and it just brought me to tears and I think induced a real rethinking about the morality of this issue, at least in some cases. For me. Hmm. And can I ask what form you took the marijuana in? Yes. Uh-huh. It was, uh, it was an, an edible form. So it was almost like a, um, it was almost like a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, something that you, you just sort of chewed up and swallowed. And then it kind of over time, 
uh, released into the body. Okay. And do you know what the percentage of the THC was in that drug? You know, I don't know. I remember when I was, when I was picking it up, you, you sort of, you go see the doctor and then the doctor sends you to kind of like a dispensary, like a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had, I don't remember the exact percentages, but I remember that you could kind of choose. And it was a lower percentage of THC, a high percentage of CBD. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, you want, I said, I want to be able to function. I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to really want to get high. I'm taking it for pain. I kind of explained it. And then he was able to kind of select a, and recommend a, a product to me. Okay. Um, Dr. Poupard, I ask all those questions because I've talked to you about this issue before, and this was, I think, a couple of years ago, maybe 2017. And at that point, there wasn't a lot of great labeling of the drug, and most medical marijuana, was my understanding at that point, uh, from our discussion, a lot of it was just a joint that you would smoke and you would get high and you'd call that medical because you got a prescription for it. Has, has it changed uh, in the past few years? In some ways, it has. You know, obviously, even when I first wrote my article in this Christian Research Journal, even five years ago, uh, the, the concept of CBD oil was just coming out um, with, the, with, with, with Charlotte, who uh, found that CBD dissolved in oil was, effect, was a, uh, an effective treatment for her seizures. And since that time, that's been uh, actually the FDA has approved medications that, that, that are, are enriched in CBD. I mean, now when it comes to the, the products that are available, it's, it's widespread everywhere. Um, CBD obviously is, uh, is, is seen um, the, the, the health claims and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really gotten out everywhere and it's kind of uh, on fire in terms of uh, uh, those that are claiming that it's going to be pretty much fix everything. Um, but in terms of, you know, I, I do believe that most of the uh, even though there's many other options, um, I, I find that that in, in my studies that those that are taking uh, compounds from marijuana for medical reasons for pain relief, you know, tend to use more edible uh, type of uh, solutions because they are long lasting, um, and those that are actually taking for more recreational reasons uh, still tend to smoke it because you can uh, you can get the 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 desired dose and control the desired dose better that way. Um, and get a better and, and bigger hit uh, as opposed to taking the edible. Um. Yeah, sorry about that. Hey, we have to go to break, uh, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between the recreational and the medicinal use of this, but also I want to talk about uh, a pastor who says smoking marijuana or taking CBD and THC, it actually enhances his worship experience. What do you think about that? Again, you're listening to The Roy's Report. We'll be right back after a short break. We now return to The Roy's Report. Here's your host, Julie Roy's. Well, can marijuana enhance your worship experience? Welcome back to The Roy's Report. I'm Julie Roy's. And according to Pastor Craig Gross, that's exactly what marijuana does. And we're talking today about marijuana, how people of faith should view this drug. And many Christians, especially conservative Christians, are against using the drug. But Craig Gross, the founder of a ministry in Pasadena, California, that helps people overcome porn addiction, is a marijuana enthusiast. Gross 
says that he uses cannabis three to four times a week, and he says it's also an aid in his worship. On his website, ChristianCannabis.com, he writes that in 2017, he discovered cannabis-infused mints, which contained about five milligrams of THC. He said this microdose was perfect for him, and shortly after he started using it, he said he had an intense spiritual experience. This is what he writes, and I quote, There in the midst of a break from a convention... Uh, at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. The Lord met me in ways more powerful than I have ever known in my 42 years on this earth. My head stopped spinning and I heard his voice. I got clarity. I got direction. I got out of my head and I let God into my heart in a lasting visceral way. Interestingly, Gross uh, just last month resigned from his ministry for porn addicts that he launched 17 years ago. He actually passed that on to someone who had found help through that ministry. And now he is giving a new cannabis business his full-time attention. What do you think of that? Is Gross a little bit whacked out? Or is he on target and enlightening his fellow Christians? The number to call, 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. And uh, before I go to my guests, I do want to go to our phone lines because Tracy's on the line right now. And Tracy, from what I understand, you're for legalization of pot, not just medicinally, but also recreationally, yes? You know, I I am. But I think that we're really talking about two separate issues here. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is the morality and the spiritual responsibility that a Christian has to be true, honest, uh, honoring of their bodily temple, and these things, right? Um, the, the criminalization or decriminalization, I think, is a completely separate issue. Look, at, if people are going to smoke pot, mm-hmm. it's clear they're going to do it whether it's legal or not. And okay. when, when I say smoke, let's say take. If people are going to take marijuana. Okay, so you're saying legalization. Let's put, that on, let's put that on the side, okay, the legalization. But what do you think about exactly. Christians using it? Do you for that, against that? Uh, I believe that marijuana is an intoxicant like many others. I believe that unlike some others, it is more possible to use this intoxicant in a responsible way, the way one would use wine with dinner. Okay, so just a little bit, maybe get a, you know, a little buzz, but not intoxicating. And what do you think about the worship experience thing, enhancing your worship experience with marijuana? You know, um... And I think that sounds great, and it's a really good way to make someone feel not horrible about what they're doing. And I don't know the pastor's heart. I don't know anyone's heart. The Lord knows their heart, not me. Mm-hmm. But you're cool but with it. I think it is, it, well, but I think it's ingenuous to say that, you know, I'm using this because it enhances my spirituality. I didn't begin living my life as a conservative Christian. I came to that through the grace of God, okay? And there was a time when I used intoxicants more than I would care to admit. So you think uh, it might be a little bit of a, ju- of a rationalization for wanting to use it, period? Absolutely. Okay, all right. Oh, Tracy, and, thanks, thanks. I want to get thanks. our guests and give no. them a chance to weigh in. I appreciate your comments. Uh, again, joining me today, Jonathan Merritt, a Christian author and advocate of marijuana, and Dr. Richard Poupard an oral surgeon and critic of using the drug. So, Jonathan, I'll throw that to you. Um, Your thoughts on Pastor Craig Gross, or I should say ex-pastor, I guess, uh, and his enhancing worship experience with the drug. 
Well, I think it strikes me uh, as a little strange right off the bat. Uh, I have a lot of friends who uh, practice Eastern religions who who make use of, of these kinds of things, psychedelics, uh, mm. psychotropics uh, for spiritual enhancement. It's not something that's normally a part of the Christian tradition, and I don't have any real experience with it. I can tell you one thing in my experience. I, I, uh, I grew up journaling, uh, you know, just sort of writing down my thoughts from my quiet time and journaling. But I will tell you, when I had my pain condition, I couldn't journal because I was so consumed with thoughts about my physical state that I couldn't, I couldn't quite piece my thoughts together mm. to journal in my spiritual journal. But I will tell you that, that when I was able to kind of clear that out just a little bit, I was able to journal. And I guess maybe if that's, if that's what someone says uh, is, is an enhancement, I suppose that's one thing. It's very different, I think, than someone using it to, quote, reach enlightenment, uh, kind of drawing from non, non-Christian traditions. And, and I feel like when I read Craig's words there, it, it kind of confuses me as to what side of the line he's on I guess in this discussion yeah and uh, you know I know for me it kind of sets off some red flags because I remember reading uh, and this is going to date me but Keith Green his autobiography not autobiography his biography that was written after he died um, but Keith Green was a, a Christian artist who really stood out I think in those early days uh, of Christian contemporary music, very straight up artist. If you don't know him, you should check him out. He's like my all time favorite. Um, but Keith wrote, uh, I remember talked about how before he came to Christ, he would use a lot of drugs and it became a portal, not just for, you know, first it was like these, these very happy spiritual experiences. Then it became much darker and he began to suspect that this was really a portal for Satan to reach him. So it seems like it can open us up, uh, Dr. Pupart, I'd like your, your thoughts on that. Uh, open us up to whatever influence can come in, which could be light or dark, correct? Well, I, I think so, and I think that's a great concern for when we have now this uh, increasing popularity uh, of marijuana. By the way, mentioned Keith Green also dates me too, so um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you with that. Yeah. You know, one thing about this, this topic, and it's actually a good example of what we're talking about, there's a big difference between using any medication for a treatment of a pathology, a treatment of an illness. Um, and you know, returning the, the, the goal in that, of course, is to returning our body to its normal state. Mm. Uh, for someone who has, uh, who has neurogenic pain, chronic pain that's refractory to other treatments, uh, to have something that can bring you back to where you can now be and worship God correctly and, and function well, you know, that's, that's something that we absolutely need to celebrate. Um, at the same time, there's that, that next step in which we think that in taking this medication, we can actually increase our worship. And this, this is nothing new. This has been going on for millennia um, in Eastern religions and the like, uh, where people want to become close to the higher power by, by changing our brain chemistry. And I think it's pretty clear that we should be very concerned about that. And Craig Rose himself, I mean, he started out basically, once again, taking this medication for chronic migraines, I believe. Um, but now is an advocate for selling and, and selling it actually on his website, uh, vape pens that have praise and persevere and peace on it. And I think the peace we get from our faith does not, it should not be coming from, you know, the THC found in a vape pen. Yeah. And it does make you a little bit leery when 
he goes from doing ministry now he's in a for-profit business you know what what's behind all that i you know i don't know but it it, it does sort of make you think about the the interest at heart with with all of that but i want you to just comment on our caller who said can why can't marijuana be a little bit intoxicating just like say drinking a wine with your dinner it it can it be used in that way well, I, I don't have personal experience, but the research shows that an intoxicating dose of, of, of marijuana usually happens uh, basically at like four puffs of a, of, of a joint. Um, and very few advocates of marijuana use, that use it recreationally um, use less than that. Uh, so, you know, the whole point of smoking marijuana, especially recreationally, is to uh, basically dose yourself to a certain point in which you feel then good. And they, it's known that when you go past that point, then, then other things like psychosis and paranoia can kick in. So that's, in general, I don't know anybody who uses marijuana recreationally um, as, a, as a non-intoxicating uh, uh, manner. Now, when you're using it for medical purposes, if you're, um, you can do microdosing and things like that, um, but that'll bring us to the fact that whether or not that, you know, research has shown that these things are actually on a population level um, uh, effective for treating the things that are claimed to be treated. Mm. Well, again, that's Dr. Richard Poupard, an oral surgeon and critic of legalizing marijuana. Also joining me today, Jonathan Merritt, an author and proponent of legalizing marijuana. Joining me in just a little bit will be uh, someone You can talk about legalization laws, state legalization laws, and if you don't want marijuana coming to your town, what you can do. Stay tuned. The Roy's Report will be right back after a short break. Now, more of the Roy's Report. Once again, here's Julie Roy's. Welcome back to the Roy's Report, brought to you in part by Judson University. I'm Julie Roy's, and today we're discussing what Christians should think about marijuana. Is it okay for Christians to use marijuana? Does it matter whether they're using it medically as opposed to recreationally? And what about legalizing the drugs? Should Christians support legalization or not? I'd love to hear your thoughts. The number to call, 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. Also joining me today to debate this issue are Jonathan Merritt, who's an advocate of marijuana, and Dr. Richard Poupard, who's a critic of the drug. And we'll return to that debate in just a minute. But I wanted to take a minute to discuss advocacy, especially in Illinois, since this show does originate here in Chicago, and a lot of our listeners are in Illinois. Although I want to mention this week, kind of excited about this, we're adding a new station, WBIS Awesome Radio in Greenville, North Carolina. So welcome to all of you listening in North Carolina. So excited to have you as part of the Roy's Report listening audience. And I should mention that in North Carolina, speaking of marijuana, uh, marijuana is not legal. Although lawmakers there have introduced a medical marijuana bill, and we'll see what happens with that uh, when the legislature reconvenes next year. But in Illinois... The question of legalization is somewhat of a moot point. That's because earlier this year, the state legislature legalized marijuana, but now there's initiatives to ban dispensaries in certain towns. 
This is similar to what's been done across Michigan. Uh, there, the drug is legal, but more than 500 cities have adopted out or have opted out of the Marijuana Act and are banning marijuana businesses in their towns. Do we have uh, Dave Smith? Dave is the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute. He's someone who has been very involved in this issue. We will get him on the line before the end of the show, and I want him to comment on some of these issues of uh, opting out and what your your cities can do. Uh, but let me take it back to uh, our guest, Richard Poupard. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about medical versus recreational use. Um, do you think, I, I think it's pretty clear, you don't think there's any any place for using this drug recreationally, correct? Well, no, I, I think especially from a Christian standpoint, I, I don't see uh, an argument that can be laid across that says that it is a good thing uh, to to have use this drug as a life enhancer. Um, and I, it's interesting that uh, the, the, the playbook that the mar- pro-marijuana advocates have used and extremely effectively mm-hmm. in terms of beginning by talking about how it can be effective to treat illnesses and we can should be able to... Uh, have access to it for compassion. Um, frankly, I, I, I agree with in terms of, of, of treating patients and treating disorders. Um, and then quickly uh, turning to say, well, this should be completely legal um, for everybody to use because it's safe and it's a, it is a, more, it's, it's a better intoxicant, say, uh, mm. than the ones that we currently accept. Um, I think there's a that that's that's been very effective, and that idea has been kind of pushed across our culture. And I think we should push back on that. I, I don't imagine a better culture uh, with more of us uh, engaging in tea, with, with with marijuana. Um, and in fact, a lot of the uh, the proposed advantages of marijuana um, over, say, alcohol um, have been shown really not to be effective. We thought that. Um, for a, for a while, that increased use of marijuana might decrease the opioid uh, problem that we have. And some early data show that might be the case. Well, the latest stuff that came out, the latest studies show that it, 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 it's a negative effect. The more people who smoke pot actually end up on opioids further. And same thing with, uh, for instance, intimate partner violence. Uh, we used to think that, well, it, it would be better if, if, if husbands who are or their partners uh, if they were high, maybe they'd be more relaxed and they'd be more less likely to abuse their families. Well, no, it turns out even in terms of when we uh, account for all the other variables that uh, those who smoke pot um, actually have a greater incidence of abuse, uh, even with controlling alcohol use and everything else. So I, I think that, uh, you know, both in a spiritual aspect, which is what I'm, I'm concerned about as a Christian, mm-hmm. but also uh, the cultural effects, I think, are, are going to be great and right now unknown. Hmm. I think we have Jonathan back on the line. Yes, Jonathan. We do. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, friend. Uh, didn't mean to, to drop you. But um, so we've been talking a little bit about using a, uh, marijuana recreationally as opposed to medicinally. I-, I wanted to know your input. Do you think it should be legalized recreationally as well as medicinally? I do. Uh, I do, uh, and not because I think that that recreational use is healthy or good or even advisable for a Christian, but simply because of all of the difficulties that have come with uh, with making it illegal. Uh, you know, I think I would I would make the same argument for other dangerous drugs, uh, tobacco. 
as well as alcohol, both very, very uh, dangerous drugs, that, that there's a difference between um, making it illegal and being able to sort of enforce those laws and to do so in a just way, and, uh, and also then encouraging people to use something responsibly that can be used irresponsibly. Hmm. I, I can understand that. And so, Dr. Poupard, what do, you, what do you think about that? Is this too hard to regulate at this point that we should just say, yeah, it should be legal, even recreationally, even if we wouldn't do it or, or advocate doing it? Well, I, I, agree. I actually agree with Jonathan that I think it's wise for us to look at the laws that we presently have. And in instances in which they have been unjust, we should look at changing them. Um, but, but I don't think that necessarily leads to full legalization. Um, just as an aside, you know, decriminalization of marijuana may be a, a, a good step. Uh, instead, of, um, instead of putting uh, uh, those with small amounts of, of possession in jail, um, small fines and the like, I think would be a next step uh, that, that that maybe we may consider taking. Mm-hmm. I think that's different than making it than, than making it legal. Um, and there was an assumption, I think, in Jonathan's comment that if we do make it legal, then you know people would be actually more apt to use it responsibly. And I, I would disagree with that. Um, I, I think that even when we look at uh, you know states that have passed medical marijuana laws, for instance. You know, most, to be honest with you, most of the time that, that those with medical marijuana cards are not using it for legitimate medical purposes. Okay, Dr. Papard, um, we need to go to a break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about that. I also want to get to how this affects the developing brain of adolescents. And we do have David Smith on the line from the Illinois Family Institute. We will be right back uh, after a short break. Again, you're listening to The Roy's Report with Julie Roy's. We'll be back. This is the Royce Report with Julie Royce. Well, what should Christians think about marijuana? Is it a medically important drug and relatively harmless to those who consume it? Or is it a dangerous uh, drug, especially for younger developing minds and maybe a gateway drug? Welcome back to the Royce Report. I'm Julie Royce. And today we are talking about this controversial issue with guests on both sides. And I want to let you know that if you missed any part of today's broadcast or just want to listen again or share it with friends, it will be available at my website today about an hour after the broadcast. So just go to Julie Royce, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com and click on the podcast t- uh, tab. That's julieroys.com. I also want to let you know that next week we're going to be discussing an extremely important topic, how churches should minister to abused women. Just this week, I published the first of two investigative articles about women who were in abusive marriages and sought help through the soul care ministry at Harvest Bible Chapel during the years uh, 2012-2016. The women say the ministry failed to protect them and instead protected their abusive husbands. If you'd like to read that article, it's available at my website, julieroys.com. But on the Roy's Report next week, Judy Noble, an experienced counselor of abused women, will be joining me. She has tons of insight about how churches should respond to this issue, and clearly churches need a little bit of help in this, is- in this area. So I hope you'll make a point to join me next week on the Roy's Report. But returning to the topic of marijuana, again joining me, Jonathan Merritt, an author and proponent of legalizing marijuana, and Dr. Richard Poupard, 
an oral surgeon and critic of legalization. And also right now, uh, Dave Smith joins me, the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and a good friend. So, David, so glad you can Hello, be Hello, Julie. Glad to be on the Roy's Report. <laughs> well, I am glad to have you. And I know a lot of people listening, especially here in Illinois, again, where this show uh, originates, but I know there's people listening online in communities all across the country. Um, but in those in states where marijuana has been legalized, um, is there is this a moot point? I mean, is it water under the bridge? There's nothing we can do, or is there something people can do in communities if they're concerned about legalization? Well, here in Illinois, we have uh, the blessing of having an option in the law that they just passed to be able to opt out our local communities and even our counties out of retail sales. So in other words, um, use and possession of marijuana will still be legal. However, there will be no pot stores or retail sales of it in the community if they zone it out. And um, we want to encourage listeners to consider this seriously and reach out to their local mayors, aldermen, their city council, their county board members, and, and encourage them, you know, if you don't want to become a destination point, uh, you know, uh, for drug use and for marijuana purchases, um, you, you can uh, opt out and you can encourage your lawmakers, your local officials to pass an ordinance to, to ban it. Also, for your listeners in Chicago, while the city of Chicago probably won't consider such a ban, um, local precincts, each precinct within the city of Chicago can ban the uh, retail sales. It, just like they can with alcohol, they can make the precinct dry. Well, in this case, if you live, especially in a precinct that's near a business district, you may want to consider uh, passing a local ban in the precinct to, uh, to safeguard the community. And Dave, why why would somebody want to do that? Why would a community want to do that? When you say a destination point, what's your concern with it? Well, that's because, um, especially with there's no cap on the THC levels, um, you know, the the, uh, the 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 addiction levels that can come with high THC levels will bring in a lot of addicts. And we've seen in Colorado even. Uh, for example, in Pueblo, Colorado, the homeless uh, community has exploded in, in Pueblo, Colorado. A lot of people coming just for the pot and being able to use the pot in that community. And so uh, we're also very concerned about people driving in and out of the community, your neighborhood, going to get their next uh, you know, stash of marijuana. Uh, and you know, what state of mind are, are they in currently? We, we know that THC stays in your blood a lot longer than um, alcohol does, and it could affect your fine motor skills. So who's on our roads? Who's Hmm. driving through our communities? And in what state of mind and intoxication are they in? Hmm. Well, Dave, thank you for informing us on those things. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your work uh, on the part of Illinois citizens. So appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Julie. Um, Let me throw this to Jonathan Merritt. Uh, You're in... I know, in favor of legalizing. It, do you share some of those concerns about um, it being a dest- your community being a destination point for people that might come in that might have THC in their blood and uh, the homeless, you know, some of these, these claims that it's increased because of legalization? What do you say? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd have to see some of the data on it. One of the difficult things, I think, for, for all of us who are, are trying to figure out what we think and what we believe about this, and I know this just from being a journalist, is you, there's so much conflicting data out there. And so, you know, you can find a study that shows there's a rise in this or there's lower level of this. I think one, one legitimate concern uh, would be uh, how safe the roads would be. And that's something that I just can't get away from, even as a person who, uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you look at the whole issue, supports legalizing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be quite a risk to road safety because it's difficult to test for. It's difficult to decide if there was really alcohol mixed with marijuana. Uh, it's difficult to know what level uh, of, of marijuana you've consumed. So is it safe to drive or not? And I don't think there's there's anyone in America that wants more unsafe drivers on the roadway where their their spouses and their children and their friends are also trafficking. So I think that's that's a very strong argument, and that's one that I think we need to talk about. And also, ER visits tend to go up in communities where they've legalized marijuana. Is that correct, Dr. Pupard? Yeah, the latest study in Colorado, the ER visits have, have, have increased three times uh, since, since complete legalization has occurred, um, mostly for, for both hyperemesis as well as, uh, as, well as uh, marijuana-related psychosis. Um, and, and, you know, anecdotally, a lot of my emergency room colleagues I spoke to, uh, even since we've legalized it in Michigan, even though we don't have dispensaries yet, um, they've seen a significant uptick in, in problems from the emergency rooms. Um, and, and my main concern and I, I, is also... There's no question that as as we have increased access to marijuana, even though obviously it's going to be illegal for those under 21 to have, that our, our kids are going to have uh, increased access to it. And not only that, at a much higher potency than we've had in the past. As a father of teenagers, that certainly is a concern, especially with the data known um, that we, we know it affects the developing brain in ways that uh, that, that, that can sometimes be irreversible. Um, that uh, you know, between impairing uh, function, processing speed, memory, and attention span, and concentration, and you can actually measure these changes with an IQ test. I know Jonathan agrees with me in his, in his article that you know we have to try to do what we can to keep this away from kids. Um, that uh, most medical groups say actually under 25, but certainly those that are uh, that are that that have a developing brain. Yeah, and that is such a such a big issue. But I know I, I talked to my daughter, for example. You know, she's a teenager about this issue, how she feels, and and a lot of these these talking points that you hear um, from the marijuana lobby, they get right into the mainstream. There's no doubt, and there isn't necessarily a lot of good education on on these sorts of things, and and a. A book that I read, you know, Tell the Truth, what is it, Telling the Truth About Marijuana to Our Kids, talked about even a link between violence and marijuana use, especially when it's introduced, when these minds are developing. And isn't there a propensity, even if you've used marijuana, not a lot, it's in a small group of the population, but you never know who it is, where paranoia and some violent tendencies might come out if you're using marijuana. Is that correct, uh, doctor? Well, there's, there's no question that marijuana has a positive correlation with, with psychosis, and psychosis has a positive uh, correlation with violence. So that being said, as, as, as the book stated, that, that there's definitely a, most likely uh, a, uh, a correlation between uh, psychosis, between marijuana use and violence. At the same time, you know, one of the concerns, and the concern, but the truth of the matter is, 
is that the majority of people who smoke marijuana and have in the past um, smoke it when they're young, and then they kind of grow out of it. And that makes it seem like it's, it's, not, it's not dangerous. Um, you don't have a lot of, like a tremendous number of people who are, you know, show addictive, addictive tendencies. Uh, but as we look at any drug, any medication, we can't just look at the, the average person. We have to look at what effect, you know, what effect it has on even the, 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 the rarer individuals. Um, and let, me throw that, let me throw that to Jonathan, because Jonathan, you said you have friends, you know, that you were saying that are into Eastern religions, use some psychotropic drugs. Um, but marijuana use i'm guessing you have friends that have used marijuana and used it for a while i mean what's your impression about did they start when they were young was it uh, a gateway drug necessarily to harder drugs what's your experience you know i don't have any friends uh now this this could be more a statement by the way of my friend group than it is some you know like a scientific sample size but i don't have any friends who who started out using marijuana and then transitioned to cocaine or heroin or something hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I I live in a fairly affluent neighborhood in New York City where people are working and it's different. I would imagine it would be different in different communities. There's different levels of availability of uh, of certain things. And so I don't know that that would be truly reflective. I do think one thing that we need to talk about is when we talk about marijuana use, we, we almost have to explain which type of marijuana use you're talking about because I bet you have lots of people listening to this who are Christians who would say they don't want to legalize this. They don't, they don't want this being used for recreational use. But if you talked about my situation, uh, a very serious Christian who's trying his best to follow Jesus every day of his life, who came down with a disorder that he didn't ask for, who tried every legal medical remedy out there and found no help, who really thought he was at the end of his rope, uh, who found some help using medical marijuana that did not make him high or incapacitated. I think there are a lot of people who feel sympathetic about that and would say, I don't know that I can say that's a bad thing based on what it means for me to follow Jesus. And so it's a little different sometimes. Now we're having to figure out what we're really talking about when we're talking about marijuana usage. Yeah, I know personally, I don't have a problem with medical marijuana, provided that it's truly medicinal. In other words, it's prescribed by a doctor for legitimate medical condition, and the amount of THC in each dose is clearly labeled and there's controls in place to assure the consumer that what's stated on the label is accurate. I think that's another issue. seems like in some of these states there's not really good, uh, good controls over these things. But I think if somebody has that medical marijuana, um, I think that's okay. But I think what isn't okay, and this is where I think the Bible is really clear, it's against intoxication of any kind. Ephesians 5 says, Do not get drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. Proverbs 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker and strong drink a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. So I think that's pretty clear. So, uh, Dr. Poupard, thank you so much for joining me. Jonathan, thank you so much. I appreciate the discussion. And friends, let's continue this discussion. uh, As we're in our churches, I think it's important that we talk about these kind of issues. So as uh, 1 Peter 5 encourages us let us be sober-minded and watchful god has important work for us to do and the last thing we need as believers is another distraction thanks so much for listening today hope you have a great weekend and god bless